Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning. Good morning, beautiful ladies. I'm going to... This is all right, Katie and Pippa. Do you want to come and sit over here? It'll just help my neck. (laughs) Oh, that they'd be like, good morning. Well, I'm going to just put this down because I don't have glasses, but... I don't want to be blinded, but I'm so excited to bring the word this morning. I'm so glad you turned up, and um, I just want to uh, just echo what Christian said, uh, and I just want to honour every mother here today. Um, I salute you. I honour you, what you do, what you carry, and who you are. You are the heart and soul of your home. And, um, you know, it's the greatest job and the greatest calling. You know when people say, oh, what do you do as a job? And do you know what I say? First and foremost, I say, I'm a mum. That's my first job. That's my first calling. And it is the greatest privilege uh, to be a mum. And, uh, you know, don't think that you're not achieving anything by uh, not achieving goals at work. If you are achieving goals in your home, you are winning. Amen. And I want to read this beautiful scripture, Proverbs 31, 25 to 31, over all our women today. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat of the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, um, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honour her for all that her hands have done and let her walk, walk, sorry, works bring her praise in the city gates. Amen. Amen. Come on, why don't we thank the Lord for that scripture and the prophetic word in, in our Bible over our women and our mums. And I hold on to that. I absolutely love being a mum. I remember a dear girlfriend of mine said to me, she said, it's hard work being a good parent. And I thought that's so true. It takes hard work, but it is so worth it. It is so worth the hard work. I know there's times when I felt like, oh, this is too hard. I just want to give up or let that one go or let that slide. But I tell you what, it is worth the sleepless nights. It is worth getting up and praying. It is worth having those conversations. It is worth worth weeping and sharing and being vulnerable with your parents and standing in the gap when they need you. Amen? And I didn't, you know, as all mums here, I didn't really understand, obviously, the value of being a mother uh, until I was a mother. And I just looked at my mum in a whole other way. And I remember when I first uh, had Noah and and months went by and I said to my mum, thank you, thank you for being an incredible mum. Not that I didn't love her, but I didn't actually see everything that she'd done for so many years until I became a mum myself. I looked through different eyes. But, um, you know, I'm all for honouring those in my own life that have paved a way and left a legacy. And, um, and that have, you know, and I pray that you do the same today, that you go home and just remember your mum, your mother-in-law or your grandmothers. And I just want to do that quickly today because I want to show you I am a legacy and I am the byproduct of beautiful mothers that have been in my life and have prayed for me. But firstly, and then I'm going to get into my message, okay? Firstly, I want to honour my my mum and uh, Annette Jillhampton. She's an incredible woman of faith. And she has always diligently prayed for her family her whole life. 
and she is one of the most hospitable and generous women you will ever meet. And uh, on a side note, she's an amazing cook and I love eating her food. When they come to visit, I say, you can take over the kitchen. Christian, Christian can have a break. I call my mum anytime at any day to talk, cry and get beautiful, godly advice. She's incredible. The other woman I want to honour today is my mother-in-law, Anya McCadden, who is here with us. I love you. She is calm and constant. And I am gobsmacked how she raised seven children. And like Christian said, she's just done it with just amazing poise and just um, not silence, but just no fuss. And if you ever meet Anya, she's a woman of few words, but she holds herself and less words carry so much. I honour you today, Anya. You are amazing. And lastly, I want to honour my grandmother, Heather Hannah, who passed away at the age of 91 in 1918, and my nana, June Morris. Sorry, 2018, thank you. <laughs> and my nana, June Morris, who passed away at the age of 81 in 2005. These beautiful women of faith who loved Jesus and their families and with their whole heart, but also they were so much fun. Um, my nana, June she shopped at DJ's, David Jones, and was honestly the best-dressed woman you would ever see. She was always singing and laughing every time we went over to her home. She was a woman who carried so much joy. And my grandmother, Heather, was always up to an adventure and loved a party. I think of the beautiful legacy of these mums in my life that have left and are leaving, and I thank them, and I honour and salute them today, and I hope that you can do the same with the women and the mothers in your life. Amen. Now, I know today can be a hard day for some, some, you know, men and women. Mother's Day, you know, you might have lost a child or you, you've uh, never been able to have children, all these even relationships that are fractured. But I really pray today through my message that healing and peace will come, that God is the God of reconciliation and no matter what has happened, the power of forgiveness, the power of reconciliation, the power um, of his love coming into your life and doing a miracle where disappointment has happened and heartache has happened. And I pray that you, you receive peace today. Now, back when our eldest son was about three years old and Ella, our middle child, she was about one and a half and I was putting her to bed uh, this particular day and um, Noah said, I'm hungry. I said, well, you go downstairs, go into the kitchen, just wait for mummy. I'm just going to put Ella to bed. I'll be down in a minute. Now, I got Ella to bed and I was on my way down the stairs and I heard this almighty crash. Now, not just like, you know, a bit of glass hitting the floor, like it was a massive bang. Now, this home that we lived in had these um, slate tiled uh, floor. So, you know, it sort of had a little, yeah, the old fashioned, I think it was like 70s tiles. Anyway, it was this almighty crash and I just went, the fridge. The fridge has fallen on Noah. That's just where I went. Literally, it sounded like that because I thought he's gone into the fridge and pulled something. So I ran down the stairs and I went around the corner. We had this pokey little kitchen and I turned and literally the whole kitchen floor was an absolute mess. There was glass. There was food. Everything had fallen and come out of the cupboard. And there's Noah hanging on, uh, on the top shelf, gripped and looking at me, and every single shelf had dropped from underneath me. Now, the miracle was he was still holding on for dear life to that top shelf, like true, true story. And he's like looking at me like, hi, mummy. Yeah, nothing's happened. And I stood there and said, 
hang on Noah, do not let go, do not let go. Because if he fell, he would have landed and totally cut himself. Every single item out of our pantry had fallen and smashed and you can just imagine. So I went, hang on a minute. Went and got my shoes, put them on, went over there, grabbed him. He just thought it was adventure. I don't know what he was trying to get. I think he probably, I was like, there's nothing exciting here. There's no cookies or chocolates. So he went climbing higher to see what was hidden. Anyway, why I tell you that story, it's a visual illustration because the title of my message is Miracles in the Mess. Miracles in the Mess. That was a miracle moment. It was a messy moment, but it was a miracle that he was still hanging there and it could have been worse. Now, Matthew 19, 26, it says, Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. He always makes a way doesn't he? If you hear anything today, he always makes a way. Even in our mess, even in the messiest situations, even in the hardest situations, he always makes a way. Isaiah 43, 16, this is what the Lord says, he who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, you know, I love the lyrics of, we all know that um, that, that song, Waymaker, yeah, which was a, a very popular song last year when the world got locked down and everything was going on and COVID hit. I remember hearing that song. Who, who, that, I think it was the first time I heard that song. And I remember, I think it was on Facebook or something and it was somewhere in America and all the staff came out on, uh, at the hospital top roof and there's, there was hundreds and hundreds of cars that pulled up to this hospital and all these staff were standing on this top level of the hospital because obviously they were inundated with patients and they were singing this song, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness, that is who you are. I love those words. He, he, that is who he is. He is the Waymaker. He is the Miracle Worker. That is who he is. And, you know, life gets messy, doesn't it? Life is messy. Yes, things happen. Disappointments come, heartaches. You know what? Not how we maybe necessarily envisioned our life or things to pan out. You know, if you look back 20 years ago and where you are today, you've probably gone, God, I didn't quite think that this is where I'd be. But God, he makes a way through the desert. He makes a way through the biggest waves, the biggest oceans, the biggest seas. And, you know, family can be messy, can't it? Come on, no one comes from a perfect family. Come on. Yes, you're all giggling. I know you'd like to giggle louder. Family gets messy. Like what we've seen on the news more so recently, the royal family is a bit messy. Hey, Ange. They are. The royal family has stuff and they're not perfect. But obviously out in the public eye, they have to look like they've got it all together. And, you know, on our Instagram pages and our Facebook pages, that's our highlight reel. That's the, the joyous days of our, you know, weeks. And it's okay. But God, in the midst of our messiness and our dysfunction, he will always make a way. But are you willing to let him make a way? Or are you going to stay comfortable in your mess and go, well, this is comfortable and it's a little bit hard to get out of it. And that's what I want to challenge you on today. You know, often God uses hard places in our life to bring, to bring us to the point of change. Yeah. 
How often do we hear testimonies that the worst thing that could have ever happened to someone turns out to be the best thing that could have ever happened to them? Your life's mess will become your life message. And I um, have walked that out so many times. I think of messy situations in my life, stuff stuff that's happened is my life message, and that will continually unfold. Sometimes we are waiting on God, but God is actually waiting on us. We're in our mess. We're in, you know, our situation or whatever's going on in your world, and we're going, God, God, why, why? And he's saying, I'm here. I haven't moved. I will make a way. But sometimes we have to make the first move. Sometimes we have to make the first step of obedience to get out and see that miracle unfold that we've been believing for for so long. Amen? I, I think about people settle, you know, in their mess, their dysfunction, because it's hard work to take that step of faith to move beyond to try and break free. Do you know what I'm talking about? Now, I want to read this, uh, you know, illustration that I read. Um, paints a really good picture. It was an elephant. It's an elephant held by a rope. Okay, a man was passing by a large elephant at a circus and noticed this huge creature was being held by only a small rope tied to the the front leg. No chains, no cages. It was obvious that the elephant could at any time break away from the rope, but for some reason they didn't. The man saw a trainer nearby and asked why these beautiful, magnificent animals just stood there and made no attempt to get away. Well, he said, when they were very young and much smaller, we used to use the same size of rope to tie them, and at that age, it's enough to hold them. As they grow up, they are conditioned to believe they cannot break free. They believe the rope can still hold them, so they would never try to break free. My friend was amazed. These animals could at any time, obviously, elephants, could at any time break free from their bonds, but because they believed they couldn't, they were stuck right where they were. It's like us. We become conditioned to our mess or our dysfunction and we don't break free. You know what I'm talking about? We become conditioned with what's happened in our lives and we're like, well, this is just how it is. This is how it is for the rest of my life. But I'm here to say doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter what you've walked through, years of of stuff, you can break free. You can break free. A miracle is awaiting for you on the other side. You can pray and pray, but are you willing to get up and move to be the answer to your prayer? You're believing for your kids. You're believing for healing. Are you willing to get up every day and pray and keep praying and keep declaring? And I want to give you four simple keys today just to encourage you to see miracles unfold in your life. When things happen or you might be been walking through stuff, things that have happened, I want to give you four really simple keys, things you've probably heard before, but who knows we need to be continually reminded, amen? And the first one is faith. Faith. Hebrews 11.1, 1. now faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not yet seen. Now, this is what my husband encourages me most days and weeks of my life, to go to this space. He says, Liz, you need to just have faith. You need to switch off your head. You need to stop worrying. You need to stop being emotional. I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's easier for you, faith man. Come on. 
But it's true. I need to hear it. He said, why worry? Why get yourself stressed and so anxious when God has given us that free gift of faith? Just believe. Even if you can't see that miracle yet, but have faith that you are going to receive it. Amen? And this has personally been my journey more so in the last 12 months is just to have more faith than I ever have as a mother. Number two, hope. Hope. This wasn't planned. It's messy, right? Exactly, it's messy, Joe. Hope is our anchor. Can I have a tissue? Thanks, man. Hope is our anchor. Regardless of how hopelessness or impossible a circumstance seems to be, God is able to make a way where there is no other way. And it means waiting on him. You need to just believe. He's working behind the scenes and trusting him that he's making a way. Even if you feel like giving up, when it seems like there's no point of hope, but don't give up because it's not over. God is working all things together for good in Romans 8.28. God is working all things together for good for those who love the Lord. Amen. And number three is pray. You know, the greatest voice is the, the one of prayer. That is your greatest voice, man and woman. Not just words, but prayer. That is your greatest voice but it's persistent prayer. It's not just little quiet prayers. It's persistent. It's bold prayer. It's warfare prayer. It's faith-filled prayer. And the times when I've stood and at, you know, my window, at my window in the top of our, the top level of our house and I just look out, we've got the most beautiful view and I thank God for our home and our space. But I stand at that window and I don't just have these quiet little prayers, oh, God, God. And he's like, listen, get bold, get fearless in your prayer, get persistent in your prayer, and I start warring, even if I don't know what to say, but I know that my voice, my prayers are carrying further than I can imagine. And in Ephesians six eighteen, in the Message Bible, I love the way it puts this scripture. Ephesians 6, Ephesians 6, 13 to 18. It says, be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. It is so true. We can't handle this life on our own. I think about how many people who don't know Christ, and I think, how do they get through the toughest times of their life? They get through amazingly, but they don't have the anchor of hope that we have. They don't have the faith that we have in Christ. They turn to substances and alcohol and drugs and go to the doctor and they keep going back to the doctor and that's how they cope. But thank Jesus Christ, we have the free gift of salvation in him that we can hold on to for eternity. Amen. Be prepared. You're up against more than you can handle on uh, in your life. Take all the help you can get, every weapon God has issued, so that when it's all over by the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, 
faith and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is an, is an in, indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and your sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. Amen? Be persistent in your prayers. Be bold. Be faith-filled warfare prayers. And let me read. I came across this the other day. And if this blesses any mothers or fathers today, it says, The prayers of a mother are mighty. Our prayers go where we cannot go. Our children may ignore our voice on earth, but our voices lifted in prayer on their behalf will never be ignored by heaven. We can't control our children, their salvation, their obedience, their choices, but we can pray and partner with God through prayer and ask him to move. Mothers, your prayers are powerful. The greatest voice you will have in your child's, child's life is a voice of one lifted in prayer. Amen. And number four is thankfulness. Even if the toughest moments or situations, we still need to be thankful. We need to stop and reflect and say, God, I thank you. I thank you for what you have done in my life. Be thankful. Those prayers that have been answered where he did make a way, where there seemed no other way, we need to be thankful. It helps shift our focus on what is going on and our circumstances and deciding to go, I praise you no matter what. I praise and I thank you and I'm thankful that you've got this. You know, I think about Paul and Silas in the prison. Now, they had no reason to pray, did they? They got thrown into prison without deserving to be thrown into prison. And they thought, this is hopeless, this is over. But they made a decision in, their, in that moment, in the mess, in the circumstances, they said, you know what, we're going to praise no matter what. We're going to thank God no matter what because we've got nothing else. And they kept praising. They kept being thankful for their life, for their salvation. And what happened? They broke free from prison. There was a miracle in the mess. Amen. Your miracle might just be a, wait, a bit awaiting for you, but you just need to simply shift your sorrow to praise. Shift your sorrow to praise because that might be the shift in you seeing your prayer answered or your miracle happen. Being thankful. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. It says, rejoice always. Oh, that's hard. <laughs> rejoice always. <laughs> Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you and I in Christ Jesus, for you and I. And in Psalm 30, 11 to 12, it says, You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have put my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness to the end that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. And I want to speak this over you today. I don't know what your life looks like, what you've been through, what you're walking through, but I want to speak this prophetic word over every single one of you today. You will go through seasons of mourning. 
but they will turn and you will dance again. You will walk through seasons where you will shred many tears, but you will have joy again. You will go through days of deep sadness, but things will turn and you will experience true gladness again. Don't give up in the seasons of pain, loss, sadness and tears, because when you are in Christ, things will always turn around for better. Amen? Amen. And I want to finish with this story. Some of you might have heard this story before and some of you for the very, very first time. But when I was about two and a half and uh, my mum and my dad um, decided to go separate ways. Their marriage was over after eight years. So my mum packed the car with myself and my older brother and we went on a road trip from Sydney up to northern New South Wales to go and see my grandma, my mum's mum and, and stay with her sister. And we had a weeks there. And then it was time to go back, sort everything out and, um, you know, move on. So it was about 3 o'clock in the morning, mum's driving. My brother and I were in the back seat of the car asleep. Now, we didn't have our seatbelts on back in those days. I don't know, that's just not what we did. We laid down and we slept. So there's me and my brother in the back seat asleep. And at 3 a.m., my mum's driving back to Sydney. They go, okay, well, this is my life. It's a mess, but we're going to sort it out. And so driving along, hits some gravel on the road. They were doing some road works. And, uh, I, I, you know, she wasn't speeding. She was just going the speed limit she did. But unfortunately, she lost control of the car. The car spun out and rolled off the side of the road in a split second. We were on the side of the road, the car on the side. And in that moment, my mum was like, how did that happen? What just happened? She turns around and her two little kids were not there. She's got her seatbelt on and she's looking and she's calling out. She's like, what is going on? And what could she do? In that moment, she could either scream or freak out, but she just prayed. She said, God, help. God, help. And then all of a sudden, she heard this whimpering and these two little voices because in a split second, the car was off the road. She turned and her two little kids weren't there. She thought, it's all over. It's all over. But God, he's a miracle-working God. She heard two little whimpers, and it was my brother and I. And we walked back to the car. We'd actually got flown out of the car on impact. The, uh, the back of the car window had popped out, and we went flying out with our pillows and all the luggage about 50 metres from the car. And we got up. And we walked back to the car. Now, the only injuries that we had was I had just cut my head open and my brother just had a bit of a graze, a bit of a chunk out of his knee. And mum got herself out of the car amazingly, a miracle again. She grabbed us. Back then, no mobile phones, nothing. She grabbed us. Didn't worry about the car, didn't worry about our belongings and she just went to the side of the road and she sat with us and hugged us. It was still dark, there was hardly any traffic, maybe a truck here and there and she just prayed and she said, God help, help. And amazingly about 10 minutes later a truck came along and mum hoed him down 
And he said, you need to take us to hospital. My daughter's head's bleeding. She's not really talking much. And he says, no, I'm going in the opposite direction. I can't. And she said, you have to, please. He says, I can't. She pleaded with him. My goodness, really. So we hopped in the, in the truck, took us to the closest hospital, casino hospital. We got treated. All I needed was a few stitches. And uh, someone ended up getting our belongings and we ended up flying home to Sydney. A miracle in a messy situation. But God is faithful. And through that, God restored. Yes, my parents went their separate ways and they remarried. And I've grown up in the most beautiful family, godly family, Christian heritage, and I thank God for that. But why I just wanted to share that story, that's just a real life story of, I am a miracle standing here today because of a faithful God and a praying mother through a horrible situation and a tragic accident. God's angels were there because he's God. I've got a plan and a purpose for you and your family. Amen. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.